Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to my show. Since it was recently Autism Awareness Month, I thought I would really get into what autism actually is and help clear up some of the misconceptions surrounding it. So let's start with the textbook definition of autism. The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, also known as the DSM-5, is basically a book created by a bunch of psychiatrists with the criteria for diagnosing pretty much every known mental disorder. And it's used by basically everybody in the field of psychology. The DSM-5 has broken up the symptoms of autism into two main parts and a few minor criteria. And I will be going over them today and doing my best to simplify all the fancy doctor talk in there. So let's get into it. So the first symptom we're going to be looking at is <laughs> persistent deficits in social communication and social interaction. Now what that basically means is that people with autism tend to struggle socially for large parts of their lives. This can look like reacting too little or too much in certain situations, not being able to hold normal conversations, and missing certain social cues like common phrases or sarcasm. I have a friend with autism who will be calling Caleb and who I will be referencing a lot from this point on. And one of his examples of these social deficits is that whenever somebody used to ask him what's up, he would immediately look up and tell them what was above him. He had to spend years teaching himself that nobody actually wanted to know what was above him and it was just a greeting. Now, the DSM-5 uses the word deficit a lot here, but I feel it's really more of a difference in social skills than a lack of them. People with autism just have a different way of socializing and making friends than other people do. Sort of like how some people like to bond over like talking and conversations while other people prefer to bond over certain activities, like fishing. Alright, on to the next part. The other main symptom of autism can be broken up into a few parts, and is defined as <clears throat> restricted repetitive patterns of behavior, interests, or activities as manifested by at least two of the following. And then it goes on to list a bunch of boring doctor terms, which I will now translate for the audience. The first thing listed is repetitive movements or actions, like saying certain phrases over and over, or lining up toys or other objects. Caleb's behavior of choice is leaping up and down the steps in as few as possible, and he's actually gotten pretty good at it. Unfortunately, these are the kinds of things that autistic people are normally bullied for. They tend to find these little activities entertaining. And personally, I don't understand why someone should get bullied for enjoying themselves. I mean, if I were to make fun of you for liking to read or something like that, I would be the bad guy, right? The only difference is that our behaviors are more mainstream than an autistic person's behavior. Okay, let's get back on track. The second thing here is an insistence on sameness, which can show up in a few different ways. A rigid schedule, getting upset at small changes, and certain repetitive behaviors, which sort of bleeds into the earlier section. But instead of something entertaining, these tend to feel more like habits or pet peeves. Even the smallest changes can feel like your family suddenly picking up and moving across the country. Now, some of these things might actually seem a little relatable to some of you. 
I mean, everyone has the occasional joke fly over the head or been upset when something changes, right? So where is the line drawn between common behavior and actual autism? The DSM-5 has a few criteria for figuring this out. First is that these symptoms are bad enough to affect everyday life, either in school, work, or other important parts of your life. Sure, you might miss the occasional bit of sarcasm, but things get a lot harder to deal with if every joke or phrase feels like another language to you. Autism, along with other mental disorders, is something that affects your life constantly. Second, there has to be no better explanation for the struggles you might have, like other mental disorders or the way you grew up. And finally, these symptoms must have started to show up at a young age, mainly because people with autism are born with it. Now, keep in mind, I am not telling you all of this so you can go and diagnose yourself. If you feel like you might relate to all of this just a little too much, you should probably talk to a licensed professional before jumping to any conclusions. Okay, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. I just want to finish things off with a reminder that this episode really only covered the medical definitions of autism. If you want to know more, like the culture, the everyday life, or the current problems autistic people face, I'll try and cover it in a future episode. Alright, I'll see you guys around.